Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman in Smithtown. Once again, I'm here at home, ready to give you guys a little bit more audio motivation, a little bit of a thought, maybe a life lesson, to help you guys do that much better at whatever it is you go about doing this week uh, or uh, forever. So, to that end, I want to talk this week about one of the most important parts of every relationship. And that, very simply, is communication. I think communication is the single most important thing in any relationship. And when I say relationship, sometimes we can get a little lost in the sauce and think that I only mean a romantic relationship, but I firmly disagree. As a matter of fact, when I'm thinking about relationships, I'm thinking in a much broader sense. So I'm going to give you guys several examples throughout today's episode to illustrate why communication is such an important thing and what a difference it makes. So let's start with something that I experience all the time. Obviously, as a martial arts instructor, I deal with kids and I also deal with their parents. Now, communication key in both of those things. First and foremost, let's start with the kids. Right? Kids are great because generally they'll tell you things that they wouldn't even tell their parents. Right? Just today I was uh, involved in teaching our preschoolers our Cubs class for a few minutes uh, and little Joey, who I've met only a couple of times, looks at me in the middle of the class, raises his hand, I call on him, I'm like, what's up Joey? He goes, I love you. So whatever's on his mind, he's telling me, no problem. And that's often the case with a lot of kids. But by the same token, kids are also afraid to disappoint you or be embarrassed or whatever. So sometimes they'll have a little, they'll do, be a little creative with the truth, let's say. Uh, and, and that way they don't have to admit the thing that they think will embarrass them or whatever. By the same token... Uh, they're usually much easier once you get the truth out to com- to be completely open and let you know everything that's going on with them mentally. I've had a ton of kids throughout the years who danced, excuse me, danced around the truth with me for quite a while, and eventually the truth comes out. And as soon as the truth comes out, man, those floodgates open, and immediately those kids are telling me anything and everything, and. As they are doing it, it's so much easier for me to help them solve exactly what the real problem is. Now, obviously, if kids weren't like that, if they don't say a word, and obviously this happens a little bit more when kids get a little older. You know, a a great example of this would be my nephew Nicholas. Obviously, I love Nicholas to death, and I've known him for more than like two-thirds of his life, more than that, actually. He's my, my wife's sister's son. And uh, Nicholas has reached this very annoying phase of his communication where the most common phrase that Nicholas answers any question with is, I guess, I guess, I guess. Oh, that's so frustrating because you'll ask him, you want to go here for, for dinner? I guess. Well, Nick, what do you want? Is that okay? I guess. 
Very frustrating because obviously then when he sits there pouty-faced because he didn't communicate clearly, then obviously nobody's a happy camper. Now, excuse me, continuing down that path, let's talk about their parents for a minute because parents are equally as important in this process. See, when it comes to parents, the most valuable thing I can ask for from a parent is for them to communicate clearly with me. Because obviously, I'm interacting with their kid a few hours a week. They're interacting with their kid many more hours a week. And because of that, they definitely, definitely play a huge part in what I do with those kids. So if that kid is going home and giving them feedback of some kind and they're not telling me, what a pain in the neck. Oh my gosh. They're asking me to complete a puzzle without giving me all of the pieces. I've definitely had it happen where I had a kid who came to class and every time they came to class, they were amazing. All smiles. Their energy was great. Put a great effort in and just did fantastic. They were rock stars in the class. And then it comes time for me to talk to the parents. Maybe they've got to sign up again, whatever the case may be. And I Oh, yeah, he's been giving me a problem for like eight months. He hates it. We're not going to sign back up. What? This kid? You didn't tell me that all those months ago when I could have solved that problem. Now, I'm way behind the eight ball. All right. In my opinion, the easiest kids to work with are the ones whose parents are the most open and honest with me. There are some parents, they like laugh and they joke because uh, when you look in the text message conversations in their phone, the school's text line is like the top one because of how often they're texting or emailing the school. And I, I pride myself on that. I think it's great that parents are so comfortable to want to talk to me that freely and that openly. And it makes my life much easier. Because without clear communication, it's very difficult for this to work. Now, by the same token, the communication can't just go in that one direction. I have to also communicate with the parents as well. Anything from a silly little anecdote, uh, like for example, today in class, little Scarlet is carrying her grappling dummy onto the mat and she stumbled on it and, and we, we, she had a good little laugh at the grappling dummy, busting her up. So she was walking out today. I, I was joking to her dad that the grappling dummy won today. A silly little thing, but a, a, a little joke dad can keep going and get Scarlet to smile about when she goes home once again. And by the same token, if something's not going right in class, if the parent's not bringing the kid on time or not bringing them prepared or the same kind of thing is happening again. Like if anybody works with children, you know a very common thing is uh, the kids who consistently have to go to the bathroom at consistent parts of the class over and over and over again, week in and week out. And you notice a consistent pattern. Hey, they're always missing this part of class to go to the bathroom. So obviously that would be something I would communicate with parents or if there's something that the kid needs to work on or whatever. That communication just as important as the other way around. And let's turn to adults now and why adult uh, communication is so important with me. Uh, obviously, again, if an adult student is having some kind of issue, whether it be their attendance, whether it be something going on with them physically, and they don't tell me about it, man, it's a pain in the neck. You know, like I, I have an adult student of mine who 
works a very physical job. She's a physical therapist, so she's on her feet all the time. And it's not uncommon for her to pull a muscle or something like that. And she's never shy to let me know, like, hey, I hurt this, so today I'm going to have to work around it a little bit. I think that's great. That makes my life so much easier. I never have to wonder in the middle of class, why is she doing that? And then I don't go over to correct her on something that she's only doing to not aggravate the injury that she has. And it's the same when it comes to stuff going on off the mat. But obviously, life happens to all of us. You know, people get sick, uh, family life gets crazy, work gets crazy. And again, when parents, well, excuse me, when adults are quiet and they don't tell me what's going on, and I don't see them for weeks on end, I, you know, maybe I'm texting them and emailing them, and I'm not hearing back. Man, oh man, that is so frustrating. Because this person came in, they communicated the goals that they have for themselves to me, and now I'm trying to keep them on track, and they're not even doing their job of getting back to me and letting me know what's up. Right? That's why both ends of it so important because we're both a part of the journey and ju just like with kids if there's something they're not doing well i have to let them know if there's something that they're not that they're falling short with i have to let them know and they also have to do me a favor and give me all of the pieces of the puzzle like i mentioned earlier give you guys an example from years ago so and one of the first 90-day challenges that i had in my school uh, in case you guys don't know what the 90 day challenge is, go back, listen to episode one. I go into very uh, great detail about what it is and so forth. Um, but basically, it is a fitness competition done over the course of 90 days. And obviously, we know fitness is all about nutrition and exercise. So speaking of which, next one's coming up pretty soon. Get excited. Definitely want you guys to keep your eyes and your ears open so you know exactly what's going on with that. I digress, getting back to the 90-day challenge. So years ago, first 90-day challenge running in my school, uh, there's a young woman by the name of Lauren. No, not my Lauren, different Lauren, but nonetheless. So Lauren uh, is coming in week after week, and her weight is either not changing or going up. And she'll complain and complain and complain about, oh, I lose more weight when I just starve myself, blah, 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 blah. But then she'll hand me her food journal, and she'll laugh with her friend and think I don't notice or don't hear when she says to her friend, I didn't put down all those chicken wings I ate the other night or that tub of ice cream or whatever. Well, you're only giving me half of the story, only what you're doing here in the classroom. You're not giving me the other information that I would need in order to tell you what to fix. So now you're going to make me think that you're breaking science, that somehow you're eating perfectly and exercising correctly, and yet somehow... You're not losing any body fat. And it's not like she didn't have any to lose. Um, but again, how can she expect me to be able to help her if she's not communicating well? Now, this same idea is so important when it comes to employer and employee relationships as well. We can look at it that way. Right? When it comes to employers and employees, uh, the boss and the workers, communication is so key there. If an employer doesn't clearly and consistently communicate standards of behavior uh, or a level that they, they hope achieved or whatever, if they don't consistently put their standards out, then their standards aren't going to be met. And I think that's a really important thing. If they want consistent results, they have to com consistently communicate what it is that they're looking for.
And the same is true when it comes to an employee. Right? If there's a problem that the employer needs to know about, they have to communicate open and honestly and clearly and quickly as well. If they're not getting the information that they need from up top, they need to communicate with that with their employer. They need to be able to not only give accurate assessment of what's going on in the front line and quick and consistent assessment of what's going on in the front line, but they also have to make sure if they're not getting what they need, that they're not shy to let the person know either. It has to work both ways. Right? There's the old expression of uh, you know the apple and the stick, the two things that you could use to make the, ra the racehorse go faster. It's similar when it comes to communication. We have to make sure that we're willing to communicate both the positive and the negative. Think back to me and my students. I have to let them know when they're doing a great job, but I also have to let them know if there's something that they have to work on. I can't do only one or only the other because it never works. Obviously, if I'm only positive, if I only blow smoke, then they're never going to fix the things that are their weaknesses. If I'm only negative, they'll never feel the recognition for fixing the negative that they need in order to keep fixing the negative. It's got to work in both directions. Right? Now, obviously, parents and children, this is extraordinarily important as well, especially when it comes to things like standards right? and routines. For example, I'll go back to little Scarlett. I was talking earlier in class today about making good choices for kids, about discipline versus self-discipline. Trying to help kids understand how making good choices can help impact the next day. For example, if you put your shoes in a certain spot in your house, making the choice to do that without having to be told. So important, right? So I asked Scarlett, because I, I know her and I know her family really well, her, her and her sister have been a part of my school for many, many years. So nonetheless, I asked Scarlett, where in your house do your shoes go? And I knew Scarlett would have an answer to this question. I knew the answer would not be like, wherever. <laughs> so Scarlett immediately says, in to, uh, in to her closet when she gets home. Now, how did she know that off the top of her head without even hesitation, considering Scarlett's only about five or six years old? Simple. simple. Her parents very clearly and very consistently communicated a set of standards to her. And they explained to her that this is what's expected. These are the expectation levels that we have for you. And now, Scarlett can make those good choices without having to be reminded over and over and over again. Every parent expects self-discipline, and they hope to build self-discipline in their child. But they have to realize that in order to do that, they must first discipline the child. If they don't lay out their standards, if they don't lay out the choices they want their child to make, how in the world can they expect that child to make good choices? Now, this is equally as important when it comes to kids. Here's like the greatest stereotypical example of a kid not communicating well. Mom, I need a piece of oak tag for an art project. One of the big ones you have to go to the store and get. Okay, when do you need it? Well, the project's due tomorrow morning. It's 11.30 at night. Uh, perfect example of communication gone wrong. Had that child simply communicated when things were laid out to them, they'd be in a much, much, much better place. Right? Certainly the truth in so many other things as well. But just again, a great stereotypical example. Right? Obviously, when it comes to making plans with your friends and stuff, 
communication is key. If you don't lay out exactly what's, if you don't lay all the parts out and everybody's not open and honest and we eliminate all the confusion, it's only going to lead to disagreements down the line. Well, I thought you said this. Well, I thought you said this. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, we're living in an era where more and more communication is in text, so it's a little easier for us to scroll back and see where the mistake was made. I know I've definitely been guilty of that, where I made like a little typo or something along the way. And as I made that little typo, maybe I completely changed the meaning of the sentence that I laid out. Oops, <laughs> and I have to make sure that I correct my mistake. But again, only comes from that person communi communicating back to me very clearly the question that popped up in their head when I said whatever I said. And obviously, as we think about communication, so important in romantic relationships as well. Now, this, as always, as in every other relationship we spoke about, it has to be a two-way street. If communication is not a two-way street, if it's not a back and a forth, man, oh man, how could we ever expect it to work? Listen, there are definitely some relationships where the complete flow of, it, of information has to be one way. For example, a doctor right, to their patient, the doctor has to give one-way flows of information. And, the, uh, and even still, if you really think about it, the patient gives very limited information about themselves. And then the information the doctor gives back is about the diagnosis only. It has nothing to do with the doctor themselves. And this is also true in mentor relationships, in coaching relationships, right? The mentor or the coach will listen to anything that the mentee wants to tell them. But when they give advice back, when they speak back to, that ment to their mentee, they give out information about whatever they're a mentor for. They give information about whatever it is that the mentee told them. But they don't talk about themselves. That's really important. But going back to the idea of a romantic relationship, a two-way flow of inform information is the single most important thing. I know that I have definitely gotten myself worked up, gotten myself into moods, gotten uh, had a fight drag out simply because of poor communication. And that's not to say that I was communicated with poorly. I've also not communicated well. You know, I've, I've been listening, and when I'm listening, I hear things and I infer a certain thing based on what I'm hearing. But rather than open my mouth and say, this is what I think you're saying, or you know, this is the question that I have, or whatever, I don't, or I, I definitely have been guilty of not. And then when I do, I sit there and I get further worked up because I didn't simply communicate clearly. And if I had just taken the time to communicate clearly, I would have saved myself from all sorts of bad mood and, and general grumpiness. And this is true in so many other facets of a relationship, of all relationships. We can't be afraid to communicate and communicate well. I, I know that, that, I'll tell you a silly anecdote personally to give you guys the idea of how important communication is. So. For those of you guys who know me, who have found me on social media and such, you know I have a full beard. And I've had my full beard for, for a number of years. And my wife actually is the person who encouraged me to grow it. Uh, when, we, when she first met, I had just like the chin strap beard around the outside of my jawline uh, and a mustache as well. 
And after, you know, a year or so, she encouraged me to grow out the full beard. And it was getting to be about time for our wedding. And she was insisting that I needed to shave back to the chin strap. And I was like, no, I like the beard, this, that, the other. And I was really attached to the beard at that point. And she was very adamant that I needed to attach to the chin strap. And now, mind you, this is two years or so into our relationship, almost more than two full years into our relationship, now that I think about it. And we're like, this is like our first fight ever. And she's really like getting into it with me. And like she keeps saying silly things about why I needed to shave the beard. You know, we're going to go on our honeymoon. You don't want weird tan lines. I was like, but I'm keeping the beard so the tan line's going to be the same. And then like, you know, I think it's rude to wear a beard to a wedding. That's an odd statement. But anyway, it, it continued, it continued, it continued until finally she said to me, I want you to have the chin strap because when I fell in love with you, you had the chin strap. And I said, done. As soon as she communicated with me clearly, the problem was solved. So I want you to think about communication this week. And when you're talking to anybody that you have any type of relationship with, don't be afraid to communicate openly and clearly because the better you communicate, I guarantee you, the better that relationship is going to be. So I want to communicate one more thing before I let you guys go. And it's a simple request that I have for you. I look at the numbers all the time on this and I see how many people are listening and I see it's very consistent. What would mean so much to me, guys, is if you could leave whatever software you listen to this on, whatever app or whatever, please leave a rate, uh, leave a review. Also, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcasting app or to our YouTube channel to make sure that you get new updates at every uh, your new episode every single Wednesday. But most important thing, guys, the best thing that you could do for me, the thing that would mean the most to me, please share the podcast. I'd love to see the numbers grow up. Obviously, no one does a podcast that doesn't want it heard by many people. So please, if you could help me with that by sharing, I'd certainly appreciate it. Beyond that, my friends, that's all I have for you guys today. As per usual, you can reach me via email, sensei.leonelli at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm Sensei underscore Leonelli. Find my school at tskSmithtown.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at tsmma underscore Smithtown. The podcast is on Instagram at tssmithtownpodcast. Tiger Shulman's as a whole can be found at tsk.com. And until next time, I'll see you guys on the mat.